Welcome into the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray, a locally produced program devoted to bringing you a fresh perspective on housing, diving into the issues that matter most. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray is presented by Mortgage Investors Group. Now, Kevin Ray. Welcome into the Housing Hour. My name is Kevin Ray. I am your host. We want to thank you guys so much for joining us today on the Housing Hour. And this show is presented by Mortgage Investors Group, MIGonline.com, 1-800-489-8910. Did want to point out that uh, Mortgage Investors Group was voted best mortgage company by Knoxville News Sentinel readers, which is exciting. Thank you to all of the readers who voted us as the best mortgage company. And that is um, really something that we're proud of. Uh, we try to serve to aim, and we aim to please. And I, I know that we're grateful. We're all grateful for the opportunity to help those out there who need financing and, and definitely give us a call and we'll take care of your needs. So today, you know, I was thinking, Mark, as I was driving into the show today about a, a vehicle and I was thinking about, you know, inside of my car, I pretty much have everything that I need. <laughs> so you you know, you're saying you could live in your you, car. You really could. And I do know people that actually live in their car. Um, in the past, you know, you, you think of Jewel, who was the famous singer. She lived in her car with her mom. Right. I mean, people can get by with less. So today we have Steve Kleber in studio from our special series, Leave it to Kleber. He's really been uh, an impactful resource for us when it comes to outdoor living space. Space, interior living space. He's really the male Martha Stewart. Is <laughs> That's what, he what you is. said. <laughs> exactly. And he, he he has a great blog too. I'll tell yeah, you what. It's, it's one of the best. It's so thorough. And you know, you can find that blog on our website, thehousinghour.com. We're going to link up to it. Um, and you'll be able to to look it over and read it. What we're going to talk about today has to do with tiny spaces, tiny houses, because that's really been a movement that's been occurring. People are downsizing, and downsizing is probably not even the right word to put to it because it's more than that. But first, let's welcome in Steve Kleber into our show. Thank you so much for joining us again, Steve. It's a pleasure to be with you on the Housing Hour. Thank you. Absolutely. And I read your blog twice. I was mm-hmm. fascinated by it. And there are so many things that you talk about. But one of the first things I wanted to ask you, you know, when people talk about downsizing, when they're moving into a smaller space or they want to they want to consolidate, you know, sometimes people don't understand how much work this takes by a family to do this. But give me a general sense in your mind why people are deciding to to go to smaller spaces. Well, in in general terms, um, the home represents some 33-plus percent of your income. It's Mm -hmm. the largest single budget item, as I know your listeners are concerned with mortgage financing, um, and it is growing. And that's why the rental market has been so popular, is because more and more of our disposable income is going towards housing. So we have to make sure that we're having a house where we can live the American dream, but it's got to be the right size. We can't all afford, nor should we, be interested in mega mansions. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the 1% that they talk about on the political climate. Yeah. Um, the smaller house also is, is typically centrally located in the urban hubs, so you have better access to infrastructure, being closer to public transportation, shopping malls, hospitals, entertainment. Um, you're, you're closer to a natural environment. You're, um, you know, closer to parks and recreation. You've got lower commute times when moving into your place of work. 
and the proximity to friends and family. And in the uh, baby boomers, aren't they wanting to come into the city for those things that you just mentioned? Absolutely. And one thing to think about as you bring up that subject is baby boomers are moving closer to and in college towns. And it Hmm. makes a lot of sense because there's where all the cultural entertainment is. There's where all the think tanks and stimulation is and smaller housing, ideal for students and baby boomers to coexist. We're talking with Steve Kleber from Kleber and Associates, and he wrote an article that jumped out to us, and the, the title of the article is Footprint Over Square Foot, The Rise of Small Home, or Small Space Homes. And in your article, you talk also about there's some impacts, there's some things that you have to think about when you think about going, why you would want to downsize, and that being economic and social and environmental. You know, you, you think about your carbon footprint, And when you shrink the size of your home, and you just mentioned it, it really allows you to save a ton of money, not just from the heating and cooling, but having to furnish. And there's so many factors that go into that, isn't there, Steve? There are, and there are some things to think about in terms of decluttering, how you store things, and uh, it's a little bit of a a purge Mm -hmm. to make sure that you only have the things that you need and not a lot of clutter, which we build up over time. But that's no reason to, to pay for the square footage just to be able to keep more junk. Well, I promise you, I have more square foot feet of storage space in my house right now than some of these homes that are on the FYI network. You pointed Just out your, your walk-in closet. Yeah, well, no. <laughs> Don't even start. Um, but seriously, you know, the square footage of our, of our we have this, you know, these little areas uh, above our house where we keep stuff, and we have more square footage of stuff up there. So you're, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, people have so much stuff, and to declutter, that is quite uh, a feat in itself. Not to mention that you have to find, you have to sell it, you have to get rid of it. But guess what? Once you do that, Mark, I mean, it, it is so freeing, I'm sure, for these people who do it. It is. It feels good to purge when I do it at home. My <laughs> wife doesn't like it so much. I enjoy it. I guess it's the OCD. But, Steve, yeah. when this happens and you start to you know, think about consolidation and, and kind of moving like this, um, you mentioned in your, your article that uh, the, it's, it's, the, it's the family and, you know, two and a half kids. It's not the generational folks anymore, all the multi-things. How does that come into play? Well, you know, we grew up in society where grandparents lived with the parents and lived with the children. And this is still happening in our Latin American neighbors and even the Dutch Amish up in Pennsylvania. There's a cultural phenomenon, and it makes a lot of sense because the grandparents then become the babysitters for the young people. And at the same time, the parents, whether they be single or dual income, can go out and work. And so from a societal point of view, it makes a whole lot of sense to have the second generation actually living under the same roof line. Unfortunately, for most of modern society, this isn't practical. And we can't afford that kind of square footage. Maybe we could when it was... uh, timberland and uh, log cabins and the such but in today's urban environment where you need access to schools and entertainment and hospitals you just can't afford that kind of footprint and in the 1960s um, you point out in your article that the average size of a home was in the neighborhood of like 1200 square feet and then as we have moved through to 2010 and going above that it went up to 2000 square feet so 
that shows you the trend in actually about 2,200 square feet. We've increased the size of our homes from an average of 1,200 to 2,300, and that is going down, isn't it, Steve? It is, and that is an indication of what we used to call or still recognize as conspicuous consumption. Mm. And, you know, now that's uh, relegated to the 1%, and most of our listeners are concerned about their first home or having an affordable home, and it's going to be and continue to evolve into a smaller footprint. It just makes sense. I mean, I think about how much it would cost to own a home in California, let's just say. And you mentioned in your article about San Jose, the average price is a whopping $750,000. And, you know, that's a lot of money. I mean, you have to really make a pretty good chunk of change to be able to afford a mortgage and be able to be able to save money. And this is what's facing people. I mean, we see it every day just to hear in Knoxville that the amount of house that you get for the money has has always been more than some can afford, but it's even more so in the West, isn't it, Steve? Absolutely. In fact, Google has their own bus lines in order to ship in employees who can't afford to live near the corporate offices. Wow. I mean, that is a cultural phenomenon. We need an MIG bus line. I would like one, one or a train or, or a tram. Could, you could pick people up in your caddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could. But let me ask you this, because I know in some cultures, and I know this isn't going to work in the United States, but to offset this high cost and this generational uh, staying in, you know, uh, staying with each other, mm-hmm. um, what about the 100-year mortgage? I, I I can't remember where this was occurring, but mm-hmm. some some countries were offering these multi-generational mortgage loans to where you buy the bigger house, put everybody in, and 100 years hence, mm-hmm. somebody has to still pay for the mortgage. Have yeah. you heard of that, Steve? I haven't, but it makes a lot of sense. You know, um, it's almost like a home that after 100 years uh, gets turned over to somebody else. We, we live in this sharing economy right now, and it's based on this urbanization. If you think about the shared transportation, your, um, your listeners, I'm sure, are familiar with Lyft and Uber. Yeah, oh, sure. Yeah, right. Well, there are so many other services that when you have a smaller footprint home, you rely upon. You don't necessarily have two cars in the garage. In fact, you may not need a car at all. You can um, use a service called Relay Rides or Get Around. There's even a service called Roadie where you can deliver packages. Well, I, I, rem- I remember down in um, Atlanta when I lived in Atlanta, which is your neck of the woods, um, they even had, you know, web, do you remember web van? Or, sure. Uh, and they used to deliver groceries, and I loved it. And I, I lived in the city. I, I, I got web van. I took MARTA everywhere that I went, and I rode my bike. You know, these these are things, these are sacrifices that I made. And, I mean, guess what? It wasn't really a sacrifice. I loved not having a vehicle. I loved being able to, you know, just jump on a mar to put my bike in, up in the little plate and go wherever I wanted to go. People, I think, have lost sight of what it means to sacrifice. Sacri- not having a car, guess what? I, I mean, Steve, that's not really a sacrifice in my mind. Well, at first it seems like a sacrifice, just like the paperless office seems like an uh, unreachable goal. But digitalization allows us to have less filing cabinets, Mm -hmm. and it's similar to our lifestyle at home. Uh, We don't need a two-car garage necessarily. We don't need uh, to have each 
family member have their own bicycle. There are even applications and services where you can share Wi-Fi and closets with your neighbors. Mm, yeah, well, that's that's a thought right there. I share my neighbors anyway. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Whether they know it or not. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's that's so true. And I, I think, too, of, of how us as, as just human beings, we just tend to want more, more, more. It's that covetousness that we have, that we always have to get more stuff. We need more things to make a fulfill in, you know, this void that we supposedly have. And, you know, it's, it's just unfortunate, but you know, it's, it's things like this. This is a perfect example. And for those of you who are out there listening, I would highly recommend that you go read this blog and we'll link it to our page mm -hmm. as well, but you can also go to Kleber and associates.com and click on their blog, which is going to take you to a, a variety of blogs that Steve has read done. All oh the man, blogs. they're all so good. You need to bind these up and put it and put a book together. Have you written a book, Steve? I have. Haven't, but it's on my list. Oh, it needs to be. It needs to be. You could just simply take all the topics that you've written about and probably do a really nice book. Uh, we have an author in the house, uh, Mark Griffith, by the way, and you'll have to, I don't know if you read his book, but we'll have to send it to you, Steve, to check it out. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, we have Steve Cleaver with us. And Steve, what I want to talk about the next segment is I want to talk about um, more about the generational piece that, mm -hmm. that Mark brought up. Because nowadays, and I was watching a couple of those shows, and they were talking about, you know, we have five kids and they're right. going down to 230 square feet from 1,600 square, or no, from 3,200 square feet. So I want to talk about how this is even humanly possible. <laughs> and, then, and then also, I do want to dig deeper into the way it used to be. And, and you mentioned off air that there are some other, you know, some societies and, and such that still do these type of things where the grandparents live with them and they're, the, like you said, the babysitter. So let's dig more into that as well and get a little deeper into this conversation. And we have Steve Cleaver with us from Cleaver & Associates. He's written a blog about tiny spaces and homes. And we want to continue that conversation right after these messages right here on The Housing Hour, brought to you by Mortgage Investors Group. Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what is really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. I love it. It's Leave It to Cleaver. Thank Starring you. yeah, Steve Cleaver as the Klebe. That's right. Well, we want to thank Steve for coming in again. He's done a great job for us and just been a real great resource. And I want you guys to go to his blog. It's KleberAndAssociates.com. You can link that to the Housing Hour. We're going to have it up there. And um, he has a home and building blog. And he has a variety of topics, and I think it's interesting stuff, and all of it is really um, in line with what we talk about, actually. Mm -hmm. I mean, we Absolutely. could have you on every week. You could just take over the show, quite <laughs> frankly. Um, but He'd thank be a you. great co-host. Uh, he sure would. Well, yeah, <laughs> probably when I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but, Steve, thanks again for joining us. We really appreciate it. It's my pleasure to be with you. It's always a, a thrill. Absolutely. Well, that's nice of you to say. Um, how did you get the idea to just do what you do? I mean, I know that you're in marketing and, you know, PR and stuff like that. But, I mean, you take it a step further and really dive into topics. And you don't just write a quick, you know, excerpt. I mean, you really go into detail. I mean, what gave you the idea to do this? And, and how, how, do you, how would you say that your writing style has changed over the years? Before well, we get we, back in. 
we have been building better brands that build a better home since 1987. Wow. So we're coming up on our 30th year of specializing in only home and building products. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the bottom line is the U.S. government, any government for that matter, has only one thing to sell, dirt. Mm-hmm. from sea to shining sea. <laughs> and they have inspired us to buy that dirt and to develop it. Sure. Whether we're a developer like Donald Trump putting up high-rises or an individual with their first mortgage. And the, and the government wants to incent you to uh, buy that house. They're going to give you 30 years, or in some cases, as we talked about in the last segment, up to 100 years mm-hmm. to um, pay for your mortgage. They'll even let you deduct your interest from taxes. Mm. So the entire society is built on developing that dirt and building up armies in order to protect it. So I figured from an advertising and public relations point of view, what better way than to represent those products? Mm -hmm. The only challenge with those products, as your listeners know, is that interest rates evolve and the economy evolves and housing starts ebb and flow. So by representing the products that go into those construction uh, sites, we're able to create a sustainable marketing opportunity. So we represent toilets and shower doors and floors and roofing and doors, and all of those go into certain type of properties. Mm -hmm. And when we talk about small spaces or tiny homes, we're involved with those trends and representing our clients who are developing products to meet those trends. Do you make do they make smaller toilets? They don't they don't make smaller toilets, but they certainly make them that flush with fewer gallons of water. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Now, are you are you still the president of I think it's the National Remodeling Foundation? I am. I'm the president of the National Remodeling Foundation and the immediate past president of the Center for Kitchen and Bath Education and Research. Wow, that's amazing. I mean, I think that you you are positioned very well for, for representing the people you represent. And I like that you do it in a proactive way, is that you're out there on the front line. You're not just telling them, here's how you market, here's how you do it. I mean, you're out there giving guidance and you're out there, you know, establishing yourself as the expert, which you certainly are. And, you know, with this tiny homes, I, you know, I mentioned that I'd watched one of the, the shows um, that you had mentioned in your article. So I said, well, I need to watch one of the shows because mm-hmm. I didn't know what it was. And I was fascinated by it, Steve, because, you know, they started out and they show this picture of this 2,300 square foot home. And then they say, and the Rays are going to be moving into a 250 square foot home. And so initially you think that that's impossible. But as you watch the show, you watch the um, architect come in, you watch the builders come in, you watch what they do. They're able to do it in such a way that the people are are thrilled they're ecstatic and it's because they're able to utilize the space that they have although it's a small amount of space in such a way that it it's it makes a lot of ergonomic sense well do you realize the smartphone that you have in your pocket actually has more power than the entire nasa space shuttle program Wow. That when they, when they is that not because the space they shuttle, but when they when they business? put the man on the moon, yeah, the uh, acres and acres of of processing data that they needed it now fits into your pocket or yeah. into your hand. Mm-hmm. So that's a microcosm of society. Mm-hmm. How much excess space do you need? Right. And what's the uh, design considerations? So, so when you're you're looking at this, uh, you r- write in your blog about some of the things that uh, you have to take in consideration. 
Sure. Uh, you want to look at lots of large windows so that your eye tracks to the horizon instead of to the wall. You want to create an open design, more focus on creating large, open, multi-use living space than one that's compartmentalized into rooms. We talked before about decluttering. You know, keep as much of the space free of superfluous furniture or appliances. Um, high ceilings gives the perception of greater space. And speaking of appliances, you want to switch out those large appliances into smaller units. Uh, some of the European models, for example, are perfectly suited for this kind of small spaces or even high-rise living. If you were in New York, you'd have the same pursuits. And on your outside area, if you don't have the space, you can use a small deck or a balcony that gives you the illusion of space. And there's a lot of what we call vertical gardens going on, where there's trellises, where plants and vines can grow. What, what do you um, do about uh, getting beds and things when you're really trying to get a small space? I mean, do you utilize the space above and, and fold down beds? What do they call those? Uh, Murphy beds. Murphy beds rooms. and things like that. Absolutely. So the, the room could be a sewing room during the day or, a, or an office. And then as you fold down that space that was a desk now becomes a bed. And uh, there, there's no reason to have a separate office and a separate bedroom when space is at such a premium. I wonder, has there been, any, uh, maybe we'll, studies will occur, but I was wondering if, you know, personal patterns of behavior changes, like the amount of food that you consume or the type of foods that you consume, or your well, you health issues. You can't get too big. I mean, you, <laughs> that's not, I didn't want to come out and say that. But, I mean, I wonder if that you start to change all sorts of your lifestyle. I bet you Steve knows. Well, it, it is, and it's, it's a, you use the word healthy. You know, if we eat too much, we're not healthy. We're obese. Similarly, do we need to have so much conspicuous consumption in our homes? If we can afford it, great. If we have the uh, resources to have a, a second home in the Hamptons, great. But that's why, as we talked about um, Lyft and Uber, there's also Airbnb, you know, so that we can rent our vacation home as opposed to going to an expensive second home. So it, it's all a form of discipline. And at first it seems like we are um, having to sacrifice, I think you used the word before. But eventually it becomes natural, it becomes healthy. When we talk about healthy, it's also all forms of health, whether we're saving money. Um, there's a new concept called zero energy ready. It used mm -hmm. to be called Energy Star. Do you remember that oh, yellow yeah. star that of was course, on the refrigerator? Of course, we've had many guests talk about that. So now it is evolving into something called Zero Energy Ready, and that's minimizing our environmental footprint. So that's a form of healthiness, too. Mm -hmm. And um, it's, it's an interesting phenomena, but we talk about the way it used to be and the way that we have evolved to. If you think about the old days when there was a mill, there was a water wheel that was turning and it drove a shaft, and then it would have, for example, people who were sewing that were powered from that shaft. Oh, yeah. Well, eventually people had their own sewing machine, and you plugged it into the wall and you didn't need to be connected to the central power source, similar to the dumb terminals that mm -hmm. used to... Uh, be hooked up to a central server. And now, as we talked about, you have the smartphone in your pocket. It's yeah. the same thing with your home. Let's be healthy. Let's be 
concerns and, and you about also, sustainability. You also talk about, and we're going to continue this conversation because we're running out of time for this segment, um, but I wanted to point out another thing that you say. You say um, wider entertainment options because you're closer to the places that you want to be. Oh, I thought yeah. that initially said wilder entertainment options. Well, that could be that too. <laughs> but we're going to continue this conversation with Steve Kleber from Kleber & Associates. It's our series that we've dubbed Leave It to Kleber, and we're going to continue that right after these messages. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what is really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray, your host. I'm here with Mark Griffith, our co-host and executive producer and author extraordinaire. <laughs> Mark wrote the book Murder Will Out. You'll need to check that out. Download the ebook today. Over 2,000 downloads. He's been featured in the Oak Ridger and oakridger.com. He is um, a feature of Ray Smith, D. Ray Smith, historically speaking. He wrote a book review, gave it raving reviews. Mark also spoke with um, one of the historical societies uh, yesterday. Was yes, that what it is? That's exactly the Morgan right. County. Morgan County in Warburg, Tennessee. They're genealogical and historical societies. Yeah, and, and yeah. Um, you mentioned on your Facebook page that it was just an exciting time, and they were such nice. Well, they're um, fantastic. Yeah, and what, you know what you find in these historical societies—they share the same passion that I have—is right. about right. His, everything's about history, mm-hmm. and uh, certainly Steve Cleaver has the same you know tendencies because right. he goes back into history and brings it forward, right. and that's the I- exciting thing that I'd like to do. Absolutely. Well, we were talking before we went from break about in in really the benefits of of downsizing, and I mentioned that um, you were mentioning all of the different benefits, and you know. And I, I then uh, made the statement about the wider entertainment options, but also, you know, you can go, kind of put your your footprint wherever that whatever you want. I mean, there are so many options when you think about a small home because you don't need a lot of space from a lot standpoint. Um, Steve, what are people doing there? Are they buying the lots? Are they utilizing, um, you know, a, a lease t- lease type options on the land? How is that working? Because you don't well, need I'm- much. I'm, I'm seeing new neighborhoods being conceived where they're wow. sharing backyards. So you might Absolutely. have a gazebo or a barbecue uh, pavilion where why, why wouldn't more than one neighbor be able to have access to that? Mm. And if you think about the way it used to be, we used to have driveways that would be in the form of an alley where more than one car would share that entrance to their garage. Mm-hmm. So we're coming back to that time when it was a simpler uh, form of life. Well, I've got a question in regards to um, all the manufacturers out there, you know, because they're creating these products. They're they're designing things for still maybe the McMansions and all. Are they given any consideration to this trend? Absolutely. For example, we talk about fencing. Fencing used to be used specifically to define our property line. But now there's a new trend. There's a company called Wapole Outdoors that I'm familiar with, and they have a product called courtyard fencing. So why can't that fence 
uh, surround a patio, for example, yeah. instead of defining your property line. So it's a whole different perspective of what it is and why we're buying those types of products. Well, with, could you actually buy, let's say, an acre lot, I'm just thinking out loud here, and, and share that with another family or two? I think it's affected by zoning, where there may not be an easy answer to that, mm-hmm. um, because those those are determined by um, county codes. Yeah. I'm not sure, but developers can create shared space associated yeah. with their amenities, just like you have a swim or or a tennis court in that particular community. Why couldn't you also have shared barbecue facilities? For example, we just talked about. Mm-hmm. I, well, one of the things I have a question about is. How is this better than RV living? Well, maybe RV living is the ultimate definition of this trend, Mm -hmm. where you don't even have a lot. You pick up your home and and, and drive it to a new location. Mm -hmm. It it, it may well be the pinnacle of this whole trend. It is the pinnacle. I think so. But is it more desirable as far as, uh, you know, um, uh, the smaller building that looks like a home versus one that's on wheels? I think the American dream is to is to plant our ourselves and and to create a mortgage and and to get get a piece of the dirt that yeah, uh, so. society has to offer. Um, I, I love the concept of of taking it on wheels and uh, putting a tent on our back and and all of those those wonderful freedom of society that that we all dreamed of. But you know we want to build some equity too, and mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure these RVs are increasing in value the same way that a, a small home. Would. Yeah, well, yeah, I right. remember one of the shows that I watched um, on on FYI. Um, these people, I mean, it was amazing, but he they wanted to go to move to Montana. I don't know if you saw this episode, but they had a 3,200-square-foot home, and they built, they lived in North Carolina. No, they lived in Georgia, I think, or maybe it was North Carolina, but they built the home, and then they drove it to Montana because it was built in such a way that, I mean, they're small enough. I mean, you, he had it on like, a trailer. They, they took it, it on a trailer. Was it built on the trailer? It was built somehow on the trailer. Gotcha. Yes, it was. And, and they had five family members. And they went from 3,200 square feet down to like 265 square feet. But it was able to be, I mean, even if you had one of these um, these pieces, of, uh, one of this unit, whatever you would call it, this home, I mean, theoretically, you could move this if you wanted to, if you built it in that way, Steve, right? I, I love the concept. You have five homes and four lots with one of them always on the road right <laughs> absolutely absolutely and and you mentioned about you know in your article why should uh, manufacturers pay attention to this and why that they should care and and you you really point out the consumer is is the one that's beginning this trend and so normally what happens is the manufacturers and the material people who make these things your clients um, follow suit. So which came first, the trend of the people wanting it or the manufacturers? What usually starts trends? I'm just curious. Well, actually, lifestyle starts mm. the trend. It's uh, Manufacturers aren't going to force you into a, a form of uh, lifestyle uh, oh, yeah? people. And so we <laughs> study demographics. We study psychographics. Mm. We study... Psychographics. Um, uh, it's, it's almost anthropological, the way that society's moved. It used to be we moved to hunt the buffalo. Mm-hmm. Now we're moving to come into cultural um, entertainment and, and better restaurants into smaller spaces and in urban hubs. But mm-hmm. yeah, we, we follow the way that the 
um, tribes of our community live. Uh, so if they need um, a smaller footprint, then manufacturers are going to design appliances, for example, front-load washing machines instead of top-load so that they could be stacked on top of each other. Well, and you think about this from other countries like India or China. I mean, this trend has, has been a requirement for a long time. They've got billions and billions of people right up on top of each other, like in Shanghai, for instance, and um, in other places. I mean, there's cities over there that are bigger than New York that you don't even know the names of. I mean, it's like unbelievable. And we're going to continue to grow as well. I mean, Atlanta, you know, now you're looking at, uh, at you know, all, all the way from Alpharetta, all the way down to Clayton County. I mean, it's becoming one big city and it's growing and growing and growing. That's going to happen throughout the country. So smaller spaces, I don't think that's a trend that's going to go away anytime soon. No, particularly as people want proximity to all that life offers. If you want to go out in the middle of the country, there's plenty of green space in our, in our wide rolling nation. Mm -hmm. But if you want to be close to a hospital, you want to be close to a restaurant, you want to be close to a school, then you're going to be in an urban environment. Well, who, what demographics is driving this trend? Is it the baby boomers or is it the millennials? It's both. It's, really? the, it's the baby boomers who are downsizing and, um, you know, their kids are off to school. And it's the first-time home buyers who are tired of paying so much for rent. Both of them are converging in the same type of smaller space. And so it's a, it's a wonderful phenomenon because it's not relegated to only one age group. Well, what happens to all the McMansions? I'm, I'm worried mm -hmm. about that. I, I, I think that that's a, a particular uh, long-term problem. Well, we could we could do like Jake Butcher's house over here in Oak Ridge, Tennessee, and they made five uh, PUD units out of that one big mansion. So that's a that's consideration, a and they made it they made so that there was a multifamily unit. Um, homes that they sold. I mean, so there's plenty of creative things that you could do with these homes. And that, which actually brings me to my next question, because, and we, don't, we only have a short period of time left, but this will be our last question. And that has to do with when people are owning a big home, couldn't they also, if they have the money, like this one family, another episode, they kept their home and they rented it out during the summer and they went and lived in this small home. Is that not something else that people are doing? I think that's a great idea, and it could be that they're renting it out because it wasn't able to be sold mm. for, the, for the type of equity that they thought they had in it. Right. No, that's a good point, and mm -hmm. that wasn't in this particular case, but that happens all over the place. And people, you know, maybe they're in a price range that they, they find their home will take a lot longer to sell. They don't necessarily want to get rid of the home, but they'd like to downsize. Maybe they're, they're trying to show their kids a different lifestyle for a, a shorter period of time. So I think that's an option, too, because a lot of people are probably listening to us and saying, you know what, I don't think I can do this forever, but I sure would like to try it just for a, a short period of time. And when, Steve, when you think on that subject of what happens to the McMansions, write a blog about it because I'd be interested in hearing your full thoughts. Sounds Absolutely. great. Yeah. And we, we want to see your book as well because I think it would be a real hit. And I want to thank you, Steve, for coming in again for our segment, Leave It to Cleaver. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure. If you want to see any of our content, check out Cleaver and Associates. That's K-L-E-B as in boy, E-R, and Associates.com. And we'll also put that right on the housinghour.com as well. Guys, stick around. We're going to close shop right after these messages.
Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what is really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray with Mark Griffith, co-host and author, (laughs) amongst other things. Um, thank you guys for stepping back into the housing hour with us. And, um, you know, that, that really is, I think, a trend that is growing. I mean, they made a TV show about it, which does not mean anything because there's a lot of TV shows. But if you watch one of those shows on FYI, Tiny Spaces, you really can understand in more depth. Because at first when you brought this to me, I wasn't clear on exactly how this could be a trend because I just don't see it from where I live. I didn't see it uh, until I read the blog. But like you said, you read it twice. I read Mm -hmm. it twice. Mm -hmm. And then it just dawned on me that these shows that you're you're mentioning on air Mm -hmm. uh, is actually a true trend. I Mm -hmm. thought it was just TV, you know, finding something cute and clever to... right. But man, it's it's a real deal. You know it is, and I think that Steve, in his position, the trend happens. That's what begins this process for the manufacturers to start trying to build and and create and invent products that meet the the demand of the trends. Yeah. And that's what he does so good. And I think it was neat that he pointed that out because, you know, sometimes it's the other way around. I'll just tell you that the market brings to bring something somebody brings to market something to start a trend you yeah, know they try to convi- not, marketing right. tries to convince you that right. this is the way to go but right. but now i think more the market manufacturing companies are listening and getting the pulse of the public mm-hmm. to to figure out where they fit in all this yeah and i mean the benefits too you know i think about our family and whether or not this is something that would be possible. And, hey, we went on the cruise, you know, just a, a couple months ago, and we were living in 273 square feet with with my mother-in-law, with my two kids, and my wife. And the way that Disney does it, I promise you, you guys would be amazed how they utilize the space that you have, and they really make it workable. I mean, whether it be the Murphy bed, they have the bed that comes now, out of the figure, ceiling. Now, yeah, but figure putting in a full kitchen. Well, we had one of those. It was down the it was down the hall, and it had a big restaurant. <laughs> but figure in that space, cooking yeah. too. Right. No, I, there's no doubt it would be very, very difficult because that was 270 square feet that we were living in for just one week. And it was, it was definitely closed. It was, and we didn't have any of our, our belongings either. So, I mean, it is, it's not for everybody, but you, you know what? We talk about 230, 250 square feet. That's just what this TV show is going down to. That certainly is not a requirement. I could see going down to a thousand square feet as being a huge Huge change. And I wonder if that changes parenting. I wonder if you become a lot more, I I don't want to say strict, but a lot more expecting your children to behave in a particular way. In in the big air houses, Mm. I can run away. I can go to my little cave in the basement or, uh, you know, out there and get away from it. Right. No, you're right. But you can't get away from this. But it also, I think, um, because you don't have the big screen TV, you're not going to maybe have the PlayStation. You're going to spend more time as a family. You're going to spend more time outside, frankly, because it gives you the opportunity. And that's one of these families that did that. They wanted to get out. They wanted to hike. They wanted to be a part of the, the nature that was around them. And having a 250-square-foot home was really only 
for sleeping. You know, the rest of the time, the family was outside, the family was involved well, in activities. That's what tents do. I mean, it's the right. same concept. And But you this know, is 24-7, 365. But this is 24-7. And a lot of people stay in tents for a long period of time. I mean, it can be done. So mm-hmm. I, can, I can understand it. Right. No, I can too. And I think that the benefits outweigh the, the pros, outweigh the cons. Now, it then comes back to you and you asking yourself, can you live with less? Can you live with, with less space, less things? Um, and decluttering is a big task. But one of the things, he has more, you have more disposable income that's in his blog. So and that's wi- a truth. And wilder entertainment options. I mean, and wider, <laughs> wider entertainment exactly. options. Well, guys, this has been a great, interesting show. And we're going to pack this away in the Leave It to Kleber section of our website at thehousinghour.com. We recommend that you go there and share that with friends and family people that you may think need to declutter a little, maybe they'd be find this interesting. But either way, we thank Steve for coming in and joining us on the Housing Hour. Thanks to Mark, our host and author, and Dave, our, our mixer in there. Thank you so much, guys. We'll see you next time right here on the Housing Hour. That's the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray for today. Join Kevin and his guests each week at this time to keep up with the why and why not you need to know. So come here to find out. This show is presented by Mortgage Investors Group.